0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: We now know with ever-mounting evidence that pandemic relief spending resulted in hundreds of billions of dollars in wasted spending. The same could happen with infrastructure spending unless agencies tighten up their oversight. That's the view of the Project on Government Oversight and its senior policy analyst, Sean Moulton, who spoke with Tom Temin.
2: The Biden administration has taken some lessons that it's learned from the problems it had on the COVID awards, both from its work and the previous administration's work, and brought it over and made some changes in terms of oversight. Some that you know have some real potential to save money and create greater accountability. Probably one of the ones I'm most encouraged by is that they have instructed agencies to bring in inspectors general into the design of programs, especially new programs, but anything that's spending a lot of money so that the people who are investigating fraud can bring the things they know to the program before it even spends money. And it, of course, makes you scratch your head and wonder, why hasn't this been done for years now? It makes so much sense to say, you know, you're going to take those people who investigate how things go wrong and make sure they don't go wrong the next time you're spending money. But that's what they're doing now, and hopefully it does get rid of some of the more egregious examples of waste and fraud from the infrastructure programs.
3: But isn't it also true that the inspectors general were supposed to be part of the oversight of the pandemic spending, and now many of them are expressing shock and horror at how much did get wasted?
2: Well, yes and no. So they've definitely been a part of the COVID spending oversight, but after the money went out the door, and that's generally inspectors general's role is to investigate fraud or to review agency programs to see if they're operating efficiently, but they're not normally brought in and talked to apparently before the money goes out the door. And so they're sort of the people who audit and check after the fact. That's been their main role. And so that is why we're seeing in the COVID spending, the inspectors general are saying, we're kind of surprised at how bad things are because we're looking into it now. And now on infrastructure, they're trying to close that circle a bit and say, well, we're going to bring them in before we send any checks out the door and have them look over what checks and balances, what protections we have in place, and if they're sufficient, if there's something else we can be doing.
3: What about the Um, chief financial officer and that whole channel of authority in an agency?
2: You would think that they would bring some of the same experience to these program designs, but I'm not seeing that. Some of the COVID awards that we saw going out, the programs, I mean, they just didn't have basic guardrails on these programs. They weren't checking. uh, There was no real verification as to whether or not these companies were real companies or if the people who were submitting the information were genuinely that company. There was basically a lot of corporate identity fraud going on where someone would apply for money on behalf of a company that they didn't represent. And those seem to be very simple things that almost every program should have in place. The PPP program wasn't supposed to go to companies that got created after the pandemic started. It was supposed to help companies that you know, were being hit by the pandemic. And yet there's a lot of evidence that people were creating companies after they heard about this program just to apply for it.
3: Yeah, Let's open up a um, restaurant when nobody can go out and then get some PPP funding, I guess. We're speaking exactly. with Sean Moulton. He's senior policy analyst at the Project on Government Oversight. So agencies have then, under the Biden administration for infrastructure, brought the inspectors general earlier on into the process of overseeing that spending. But you're also writing that there's some steps that have not been taken, that therefore there's still a lack of true accountability.
2: As encouraged as I am about IGs, getting involved in program design, the reality is we're never going to know how effective they're going to be because we're not tracking this money well enough. We don't know where the money is going, and often we don't know what the money's being used for. I mean, we have hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars probably going out the door regularly on infrastructure. Now we're ramping that up And if you look at the infrastructure programs we've already got in place, most of it, you know, it goes to a state agency, and you really can't tell where it goes after that. So you you don't know if it went to, you know, the area around the state capital, if it went to the rural areas of a state, uh, if it went to the poorer counties of the state. You just have no idea because we're not following the money far enough down that sequence of distributions. Then you can't figure out, was this spent equitably? Did everyone in the state get their fair share of road money, of broadband money, of, you know, electric grid money? We don't
3: know. Yes, that's interesting because, you know, the usual canard about federal money is, well, it comes with all kinds of strings attached. And so states, counties, cities think twice before taking it, or at least in theory. But it sounds like there's not a lot of strings attached to these awards.
2: Not in terms of public reporting strings, because the data we're seeing It's got a lot of problems. The award descriptions themselves are vague to completely uninformative. You will have road money that just says this is 2022 highway money. That's the award description. and We know it is. There's other data points associated with this award data that says this is a highway program. We don't need the award description to say it. We need to know what road was this used for, and we're just not getting that. I'm sure there are some strings attached to this, but it's not public reporting strings.
3: Do you think the agencies, say the Transportation Department, making the grants, do they know and they're not reporting it, or where is the gap in the information here?
2: We would hope. I mean, it would be welcome news to me if the agency knew and it just somehow wasn't getting into this public reporting, because that's an easier fix if we've already got the data someplace. And we just need to figure out a way to start getting it into this stream of data that that goes out to the public. But I worry that the reality is that the agencies don't know either, that as far as they're concerned, their money went out the door, the check got cut to a state agency, and that's sort of the end of their responsibility. I worry that's what's going on here.
3: Are there any steps at this point that an agency, let's talk about DOT, because I think that's where a lot of the infrastructure, if you really believe it's roads and bridges, can get on the dime here?
2: Yeah, I mean, there is. So one of the things they're supposed to be doing is they're supposed to be reporting subawards for this federal money. So when it goes to the states and a state department of transportation gets it, they'll do a distribution out to, like I said, to counties, to major cities. And we should be seeing that data. But right now, the data they release is very unreliable. It's either missing or it's highly duplicative. We'll see, you know, three, four, five times the money going out in subawards looks like it's going out because those awards keep getting double reported.
3: Meanwhile, the clock is ticking, isn't it?
2: It is. If the money hasn't started going out for this infrastructure spending, it soon will be. And as the COVID spending awards showed us, once it goes out the door about the best you can hope for are good investigations and maybe to claw back some of it. But, you know, a lot of this money, if it goes out to the wrong people, it's going to be wasted, it's going to be gone. And so it's much better to figure this out and have accountability before any checks are written. And so hopefully we'll see a higher level of review and accountability before the money is spent.
1: Sean Moulton is Senior Policy Analyst at the Project on Government Oversight. We'll post this interview along with a link to his latest report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash federaldrive. Hello, I'm wife of CEO Shane Canfield, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Lessons of Leadership. I'm honored to be joined by Angie Bailey, founder and CEO of Anunda Life. Angie has a remarkable career in public service, beginning as a GS2 clerk typist with the Social Security Administration. And over the next 40 years, Angie steadily worked her way up through the government, ultimately becoming the Chief Human Capital Officer at the Department of Homeland Security. She's been recognized with presidential rank awards by two administrations for leadership, innovation, dedication, and commitment to the country. Angie, thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you, Shane. What a pleasure to be here.
1: Angie, you've made quite a name for yourself as a leader in the federal workforce. Who was the first person you remember looking up to a as a leader and what about them inspired you?
0: You No, I often think about this because, you know, sometimes we think of the people that we look up to the most as being somebody that throughout our career has, you know, been at the highest levels and all, but I, you know, I've got to go back to honestly, whenever I was 10 years old. And uh, I remember I really wanted to play little league baseball on a boys team. I was the only girl. And interestingly, it was the women who would keep saying to me that, no, I couldn't play. And then one day, whenever I was there to sign up yet again, uh, there was this guy, his name was Delbert Beiser. And uh, I remember he had like red hair and he had a of tobacco in his mouth and greasy overhauls and everything. And he said, you know, I'll take her, I'll take her on my team. And, you know, just looking back on that, there's so many leadership lessons and things that I just really admire about him. And actually, I thought about throughout my entire career.